I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and our video classes continue. And we're continuing in this class in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We covered the first part of this in the previous video. Now we're going to continue in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. But my reading will go back and begin at verse 1 so that we can have the context before us. The content of this epistle, remember, is from God. It was written by Paul to Timothy and for our learning and application today. Paul nears the end of his life, and what's on his mind is not just passing into the presence of the Lord, but the continuation of the Lord's work on earth through men like Timothy and Titus. We will go further into chapter 3 in this video. I want to go back now and start at verse 1, and I will read down through verse 9. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For from among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. So these men also oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that those of those two men. If you were with us in the last video, you will remember a descriptive expression we used about the kind of people Paul warns Timothy about in this passage. I call them profoundly committed hypocrites. And I use that expression because of what it says in the passage. It says they have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. So what's mingled in with that appearance? What's underneath that appearance? There are people who are not as faithful as they could be. There are people who have some issues and need to apply greater diligence. All of us do. But we are not brutal. We are not arrogant, ungrateful, or unholy. See, this is not just about weak people or Christians who need to grow stronger. These people are profoundly committed hypocrites who want to look good, but inside, 
and in reality and mingled in with their appearance, that is false, they are corrupt and heartless. When this intercorruption becomes evident, Timothy's response and our response is clear. Avoid such people. That was the crux of our Bible study in the last video. Now today we continue at verse 6 in our journey through this text. Paul paints another ugly picture of what these people are capable of, their tactics. First, he says, they creep into households. It is simple common sense. You don't just let anybody come into your house. That's a very real danger in our time. You can't just trust anyone who knocks at your door. We are often advised, don't let people come in who claim to be there on some official capacity. Ask for credentials. Be careful who you let through the front door. People like these are profoundly committed hypocrites. There may be some appearance of what is good, but mingled in to their lives, there is a creep factor. Avoid such people. And to that, it can be added, don't let them in your house. Among them, there are some who want to sneak into families and wedge their way into homes and capture weak women who are vulnerable. Now, I want to comment on that. Paul doesn't say that all women are weak. Earlier, he spoke of some very strong women, Timothy's mother and grandmother. But some men are brutal and deceptive. Some women are morally and spiritually weak. And that's a bad combination when those two come together. Among those are profoundly committed hypocrites, some creepy men who try to look good, but they get into places where they can find and deceive weak people, women who are burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. This has been going on a long time. Christians have nothing to do with this. We avoid such people. We hope and pray and try to lead people like this out of sin through a knowledge of the truth, but we don't accompany them in their sin, and we have our guard up when they are near us. We certainly don't want to endorse their sin or be their victims. Among these people, Paul is referring to in 2 Timothy 3, profoundly committed hypocrites. There are creepy men who want to find weak women. Nowadays, nightclubs often serve this purpose or street corners in certain parts of town or the internet. So the lessons are, don't let just anyone come into your life or your house. Weak women need to be strengthened by our efforts to impart to them the word, the word of God. And when creepy men meet up with weak women, it cannot be anything good. By the way, let me add, the creepy man may not look creepy. Remember, these are people who have an appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. The weak woman may be beautiful in body and appearance. The facade 
doesn't always tell the full story. Verse 11, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Have you ever known people who read and and study the Bible, but they never really come to a knowledgeable practice of the truth they read and study? Why? Careless study habits, preconceived concepts and traditions, wrong motive. For whatever cause, there are always people who read and study and learn, but never find the truth with the clarity and conviction that they become obedient to it. Well, that is certainly true of profoundly committed hypocrites. They may be students, but they never arrive at a knowledge of the truth that shows up in their day-to-day attitude and life. For example, Paul says, the two men who oppose Moses. Uh, Most likely, this is about Pharaoh's two magicians who used sorcery to withstand Moses. You can read of that in Exodus 7. They were on the wrong side of truth. Their deception is compared to these creepy men who are among the profoundly committed hypocrites. Now in verse 8, look at three phrases as they appear in the ESV. Oppose the truth. You know, we have objective truth from God in written form. To oppose it is to be like those men who stood against Moses. Second phrase, corrupted in mind. To take the mind that God gave you and become party to deception, brutality, and heartless behavior puts you in eternal peril. Third phrase, disqualified regarding the faith. Active faith that is genuine qualifies us to be a part of God's family. The evil described in these verses disqualifies one from participation in genuine faith and family. Remember what our obligation is, avoid such people. We arrive at verse 9. The folly these people are involved in will not have a good outcome, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So the analogy comes full term. Act like those who opposed Moses, and the outcome will not be good. It became evident those men were imposters and deceivers. Listen again, verses 6 through 9. For among them among those Paul is writing about who love self and do not love God, but have the appearance of godliness. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. I want to take us now to two other verses in our passage, 10 
and 11. You, however, this is Paul to Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Put yourself in Timothy's situation back in the first century, preaching in Ephesus. Paul is far away in Rome preparing to die. You get this letter from Paul, and all these bad people you have to deal with and warn brethren about. You've got to find faithful men who are able to teach others. There is just so much to do with such serious urgency about it all. And it's overwhelming. The challenging duty, it may often seem like it is about so much work and so many different people, some good and some bad, and you're overwhelmed. I want you to look at one word in verse 10. You. In every English translation, it is either you or thou. See, it is not just about keeping others in line, getting others trained and telling others what to do about bad people and exposing and rebuking bad people. First, you must make certain you are right with God and you make certain that you have the discipline and commitment that you tell others they need to have. Do you remember this back in chapter two, verse six? It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. You remember? Feed yourself first. So here we are in 2 Timothy 3.10, and this is directed to Timothy to remind him of his training. In stark contrast to the decline in morals and the creepy hypocrites and opponents of the truth, Timothy is to remember what he's learned, the mold he came from, the influences of his mother and grandmother and Paul. Keeping all that in mind, he is equipped to apply the word of God to the apostasy of his time, warn the brethren, and keep himself pure, though he is suffering. He must bear in mind God's gracious providence, seen in the rescue of Paul, came from the same God, who is overlooking Timothy. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Timothy was to be different. Takeaways. Here's a simple one. Beware of creepy men mentioned here and in Jude 3. Beware of creepy men. When you are burdened with sins and you're led astray by various passions, you're liable to be a victim of creepy men. 
That's the takeaway from verse 6. And I want to remind us of a common statement that we quote all the time in Romans 12 and verse 2. Here's the way it reads in Philip's translation. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. We are to be different, and we have a pattern to follow. And that's brought up to Timothy in verse 10. Thank you for being with us. Next time, we'll continue in verse 12 of 2 Timothy 3.